0: to the God, you're
1: like the most perfect human being. Uh, hey, okay, so which um. It's like I've never done this before. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) This is the Witches, Magic, Murder, and Uh Mystery podcast. Yep. And today, for the very first time, we are recording this. Awkwardly. (laughs) Video form. (laughs) As well as audio form. And we're going to, we started a YouTube channel. So, here's the deal. The YouTube video is going to be the completely unedited one. Uh, I don't edit it a lot in the audio, but I do cut out some of the ridiculous, like, If we get interrupted or if we laugh like for too long, (laughs) it's like, okay, we can cut down like eight seconds of laughter here. So um, none of that's going to happen in the YouTube video. So if you want to see the complete unedited raw version (laughs) and all of our silly sound checks before we, before the podcast starts, tune into the YouTube channel. You can find it there by searching witches, magic, murder, and mystery. Yep. And I'm Kara. I'm Megan. (laughs) Hey. Hello. Um, this is going to be it's interesting. awkward. Yeah. Uh, hey, how have you been? Hey, I'm i good. haven't seen you in a week. That feels so weird. It's strange. Like even him. when we don't record, I usually come see you. I saw you on Saturday for a brief minute when I was making the cinnamon rolls. Oh, God, that's right. Was it oh. this Saturday? Listen. Yes, it was. If you live in the Nicholsville area and you have not been to Coffee at Oak and Maine yet, mm-hmm. do you have them every Saturday? Yeah. These That's cinnamon rolls. Thing. I'm supposed to be gluten free. I have a problem with gluten. They're a labor of love. Oh my God. They're, they're so, so good, good and they're so worth every ounce of pain that it caused me later. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and it's like cream cheese icing. Mm, and There's a lot of them. Every and they're time. like they're so thick and beautiful and yeah. amazing. So um like my face. So yeah, this story I have for you today. I, can't wait. I don't I really don't know that I've ever heard it. It's great. This is the story of the Sodder family. So S O D D E R. If you've never heard it. It is get ready. So many twists and turns and I still am not 100% positive where I land on it. Um is it's it an a old mystery story? episode? It's older. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. Are you ready? I
0: I mean.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. So this is another one that takes place in Appalachia. I'll throw an apple at you In Fayetteville, West Virginia You know, not too long ago I heard somebody on a different podcast I think it was like True Crime Obsessed maybe But they were like How do you say it? Appalachia? Yeah And I kept thinking Kara says Yep Appalachia Someone from there tell me The way you say it Is I'm gonna throw an apple at you Yeah I've never forgotten it since you told yeah, me that. And yeah. I mean, I'm from Kentucky and I still am never sure. Yeah. And that's not just Appalachia, it's on a lot of words, a whole lot of words. I, yeah, words aren't my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, real quick sidebar. Yep. This one article I read about this story talked about how on the drive there, you go past this place called the Mystery Hole. <laughs> so obviously I got completely derailed and I was so like, so many thoughts going through my head. And then I Googled mystery hole, West Virginia, which was mm. a, did you get some only fans? <laughs> Check out my mystery hole. All right. So just go on this little journey with me for a second. Um,
0: I'm going to read out, you this down
1: the mystery hole straight from the mystery hole website. It says, see the laws of gravity defied. This, believe it or not, astounding experience has intrigued many people, both young and old, over the years. Um, Many come time and again to see if they did see what they thought they'd seen or if their eyes were playing tricks on them. Yet some have gone away so bewildered that they've headed in the wrong direction and became lost. (laughs) I do that every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so, this mystery whole thing seems to affect different people in different ways, depending on whether they cling to the new style education or stray to the plain old CHS. That stands for Common Horse Method, Common Horse Sense Method. Never heard that Ch- phrase in my life. Ch- we have noticed um, that the highly educated folks do ask more questions than the lesser educated folks do. Oh. Them folks. Whatever these unidentified effects may be, they are believed not to be a serious threat to those searching for fun and excitement. Here's the thing. I read through this whole thing of like, what is it? And I still have no idea what it is. I'm baffled. But I kind of want to go. Let's go. It's closed right now because of COVID. Right. How far? That's how mine is, too. But it's in West Virginia. It's not that far. I'm still not entirely sure if it's an actual, like, place where the laws of gravity are weird or is it like a like just a, a sinkhole. sideshow <laughs> oh god i hope it's not a sinkhole i have a, a, a little ridiculous um fear of sinkholes it's like aunt one of those things and that aunt. like you know, ant quicks ant only if there's rodents of unusual sizes <laughs> yes. around those rouss <laughs> yes. but um anyway I, I, maybe this is just some weird house where people have like rinky dink carnival games to play i'm not sure it could go either way
0: but oh, we oh, should oh, do what? it
1: yeah we're just going to make a road trip of all the weird places we talk about on this podcast. Somebody make us a map. So I think that's the mystery part of the mystery hole is the... We don't know. They're not going to tell us what it is till we get there. Yeah. Okay. So and anyway. you paid $25 to figure it out. <laughs> Plus the cost of travel. If you've been there... Tell us. Oh, my God. Email witchesmagicmurdermystery at, at gmail.com. Gmail. I want to know everything. Everything. If you have pictures. Oh, please. Pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> Okay, back to the story. So, Kara usually does the more historic yeah. cases, but I've decided this time I'm taking it's one. It's your turn. It's me. We're going back to Christmas Eve, 1945. Okay. And it's snowing. George <laughs> and Jenny Sauter were Italian immigrants who made their home just north of Fayetteville, West Virginia. Um, right right them there. Oh, well, apparently there's like a whole, like, the area they settled in was where a lot of other Italian immigrants oh. settled. So I think it's kind of like yeah. a like a little Italy in the Appalachian Mountains of West Virginia. I don't know. So George owned a small trucking company there, and he and Jenny had 10 children. Mm-hmm. Okay, just take a moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> process it. Your but mom had five maybe kids. That was the magical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Um, to Jenny Sauter's <laughs> <descendants>. <laughs> Okay. They lived in a two story home in an area where a lot of other Italian immigrants yeah. had settled. So <laughs> Christmas Eve, nine of the 10 Sauter kids are home. Their oldest son, Joe, I think. Yeah. He was in the army and world, war- world, world, hmm? hmm? <laughs> world war. Two has just ended, but he hasn't made it home yet. Like, he was overseas. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, but the other nine are there and they're having Christmas Eve together. And then Christmas Eve is over and five of the kids go up to the attic bedroom to sleep. Okay. And those five were Maurice, Martha, Louis, or Louis. L-O-U-I-S. Mm. How do you say it? Because if it's like King, it's King Louie. Yeah. But I've always, like, Lewis, yeah. So it's one or the other, Jenny but and they Betty. Were, huh? They were. The road, so I don't. Oh, Louis. Maybe. Yes. H- Louis. Louis. <laughs> Age five yeah. to fourteen. A little after midnight, the telephone rang, and Jenny rushed to answer it. An unfamiliar female voice asked for an unfamiliar name, and there was laughter and glasses clinking in the background. Jenny was like, "You got the wrong number." Hung up. Yeah. You're drunk. It's after midnight on Christmas Eve. Yeah. What are you doing? Um. She went back to bed and on her way, she noticed that like the Christmas lights were still on downstairs. The front door was unlocked, whatever. So then she turned off the lights, mm-hmm. shut the front door. I think she left the Christmas lights on, but she turned off the like downstairs lights right. and went to bed. And then about an hour God, later, that's dangerous to leave those on. Those were the big hot ones. I know. <laughs> I don't know if they knew that then, but foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay. So at a little after midnight, uh, nope. Nope. Then a, an hour after that, around 1 a.m., Jenny Sauter woke up again to a loud bang on the roof, followed by a rolling noise. Oh. And then she went back to sleep. Is it the little green goblins? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kentucky goblins from episode two? two? I think so. I just think it's funny that she's like, huh, mm, and no, went back to sleep. But there's concerned. This one time, it's been 12 to 14 years ago. There was an earthquake somewhere near here, Mm -hmm. but not really close, but because of the way it happened near like a riverbed, depending on where you were in Lexington, you Uh could feel it. Yeah. And so I woke up. I remember waking up. I noticed the nightstands shaking and went back to sleep. I remember thinking that's weird. And just went back to sleep. I've never been in an earthquake in my life. Yeah. And I kind of have a fear of them because I've never been in one. Right. You would think I would have been like, why is the nightstand shaking? Nope. And it wasn't until later that day I saw on the news, they were like, some of you might have felt the earthquake around 7 a.m. And I was like, oh, right. so anyway, I can't, I can't fault her for being like loud bang on the roof. I'm tired. Yeah. So it was sleep time. Then a, a little bit later, 30 minutes to an hour, I saw both. She woke up again, this time because she smelled smoke. Oh, so they figure out that there's a fire burning from a fuse box in George's office. George, Jenny, their oldest daughter, Marion, two-year-old Sylvia, and two of their older boys escaped. So that's four of the kids. There's okay. still the five up in the attic. Oh, yeah. One of the older boys that had escaped, John, at first, he was like, I went upstairs to wake up my siblings. Yeah. And then later, he changed his story and said, I, ca- I just called up to them. Like, I didn't oh. go up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned that their oldest son, Joe, was away because of the military. Um, that was true for a lot of the like male population of Fayetteville. A lot of them were gone and it was the middle of the night and it was Christmas Eve. So this is not a great time to have a fire. Not that there's a good time to have a fire. Right. So Marion, the oldest daughter, ran to a neighbor's home to call the fire department, but there was no operator response because that was back when it was just like, let me plug you in. Yeah. Um, then another neighbor saw the fire and called, but again, no operator response. (laughs) at that point the neighbor drove into town and found the fire chief the neighbor had to drive yeah. around to find him into okay. town to find the fire chief again it's like 1:30 in the morning right. and they initiated fayetteville's version of the fire alarm which is really just a phone tree oh yeah we so are, the one, one one firefighter phoned another and they were like ding, "Yeah, Hello. Ding, ding, ding hello we, we, And yeah. he knows and he's like got it got fire. it um and that was the address that was the code <laughs> we're going <laughs> follow Morris the smoke code. signals weep, 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 weep. <laughs> Here's the next bit of bad news Oh um, Normally The Sodders kept a really tall ladder outside Like leaning against the house uh-huh. It was gone Oh Which was odd Then there was like a water barrel there And George was like I'll take this water barrel And try to put the fire out But yeah. the water was frozen inside Because oh. it's Christmas Eve And plus also The phone line was down Which is why Marion had had to run to the neighbors They couldn't mm-hmm. call themselves So gotcha. Then George was like, I know, I have all these trucks because i own a a trump- trucking company. I'm going to pull the truck over here and pull it, like, by the attic window uh-huh. and then climb up and get to my kids. And so then the truck wouldn't start. Huh? And the story said, like, multiple trucks. So I assume they're saying multiple not trucks wouldn't start. Would not start. At that point, George climbed the walls himself spider monkey i was ju- yeah i mean i think any parent would become yeah. spider man in that at that moment he broke open an attic window but he still couldn't reach the upstairs bedroom oh, okay so at this point i got very confused because i just pictured the attic bedroom being the highest level of the house like one room and there's a bed in there yeah okay that's not what it is oh uh i had to look a little bit more and i figured out that um the description is there were stairs going up and then there was two bedrooms on either side at the top of the stairway oh. and when he looked in the stairway was completely engulfed in flames Ooh! so i guess he couldn't get to the bedrooms yeah. or maybe those bedrooms didn't have windows right. i'm not sure so george jenny and their four children who'd escaped basically just had to stand there and watch the house burn with their five children inside yeah which is like horrific to right. think about like your kids are in trouble and you're completely helpless yeah the fire department was only two and a half miles away and they're doing their phone yeah tree. yeah and but the crew didn't arrive until 8 a.m what this is around 2 two thirty. yeah i would think when she calls huh so i mean it is also like, obviously, they were doing a phone tree thing. So, it's not like all the firefighters are at the station. It was right. one of those volunteer situations. But 8 a.m. So, I mean, Jenny woke up around 2-ish or you so. You would think the first one that called was like, hey, call the next person. I'm headed over there. So, here's nope. here's one thing. Fayetteville's fire chief, F.J. Morris, could not drive his own department's fire truck.
0: <laughs>
1: so, there's that. Okay. What? Then there was an investigation of the fire. Fire investigations usually last several days or even weeks. This one took two hours. Yeah. Um, I I mean. Who was this arson investigator? (laughs) (laughs) They said that, I mean, it was the 40s, but still. Right. They said the house took like no time, like less than an hour to just burn. But still, you're talking about a whole two-story house burned down. Yeah. It it only takes you two hours to look through Here's the thing: they found zero human remains in the fire. No bones, nothing. (laughs) So that flame got so hot that it just disintegrated. That's what they told they 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 told George and Jenny. They were like, "Your your children must have been completely cremated." But even were there still furniture pieces and stuff? Well, we'll get to that, Kara. Okay, okay. This is my my
0: education coming.
1: The official determination. I'll close my
0: eyes and just listen.
1: <laughs> was that Maurice, Martha, Louis, 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 Jenny, and Betty had died in the fire? I have a lot of questions. So I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, the fire. It did take them until 8 a.m. to get there. Sure, but still, the house was burned down in less than an hour. F- I'm going to phone a friend.
0: <laughs> How long does <laughs> so this, let's let's
1: talk actually, to the to the fire department? We got people... structure. Yeah, what's a structure fire usually take? Do oh, we also besides that part, like do we have faith that the two-hour investigation really yeah. dug through? No, and didn't even find like, like to make sure Teeth? there's no bone fragments, like nothing. I'll just say it. I don't. No, <laughs> I do not have faith. No, I don't trust that. Okay, so after the fire, the remaining members of the Sodder family were simply devastated. Yeah, and George couldn't stand to look at the remains of the house, so he took a bulldozer oh, and basically no. just buried it. What? He didn't, he didn't clean it up, but he'd buried like five feet of dirt on top of it. Huh? He just couldn't stand to look at it anymore. You don't want to. Well, at this point, I mean, they get death certificates and everything. It's like done. So it's already like an upsetting story. Yeah. <laughs> but here's where things start to get. Oh, weird. it goes. Okay. It goes further. Okay. Here's the weirdness. All oh, right. Oh,
0: that was weird. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're not even to the weird part yet. All of that. Normal. Great. A state investigator combed through the ashes and concluded that the fire started due to faulty wiring. But George had recently had an electrician rewire the house. Also, they had noticed when they were running out of the house that Mm -hmm. the Christmas lights were still on. So, like, if it was a wiring issue, it would have been been off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. A witness came forward claiming he saw a man at the fire scene taking a block and tackle used for removing car engines. So they were like, maybe that's why the trucks wouldn't start. My whole thing with that is not to jump ahead, but like, how would that person have even known that George would try to start his trucks? Like, how would you know what I mean? Yeah, that's taking. I'm not sure about that. Um, That ladder I mentioned that should have been outside. They ended up finding it in a nearby ravine as if someone had tossed it over so it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Also, I don't know how they would have known that the kids would be stuck upstairs. Right. Okay, I keep jumping ahead. <laughs> One day, huh? while the family was visiting the site, Sylvia found a hard rubber object in the yard. Uh, Sylvia was the youngest. Right. So Jenny recalled hearing that hard thud and like the rolling yes. noise on the roof. And so when George looked at it, he was like, that's a napalm pineapple bomb that they use in warfare. So they're like, that was like a... Yeah. What do they call those? Grenade? Cocktails. Oh. They, like the mafia uses them. Oh, Molotov cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... Coptail grenade, <laughs> huh? We're good at this, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm picturing. Yes, okay. And Jenny, I love this woman, okay. You gotta think about it, she's the mother, yeah. She doesn't think it makes sense. She started doing her own private experiments Ooh. because she just did not believe, yeah, that her five children could die in the fire and there'd be nothing right. left of them, right? And she noted that in the like basement of the house, mm-hmm. um. Which I guess was was kind of still preserved because he just buried it, but he oh, didn't okay. clean that out. There were like home appliances that were still like they were burned up, but they were recognizable. And she's Ooh. like, "So these are here, yeah." But my but my kids, but aren't. my five five children, and there's not a single trace. Like, yeah, she burned. <laughs> Her own animal bones, chicken bones, beef joints, pork chop bones, just to see what would happen. So she yeah. was, like, doing her own little experiments. And every time she she was like, I have charred bones here. <laughs> like, like, like that, they're still here. Yeah. yeah. So then she Ooh. talked to an employee at a crematorium who told her that bones remain after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees. So even if it burns that long, that hot, there's still something left. And like I said, this house burned in less than an hour. Right. So, the Sodders... Yeah, it was just smoldering when the fire department right. got there. Like by the time they got there, it was just ashes. Yeah. Yeah. The Sodders started to believe that their five children had actually been kidnapped. So, here's a quick... climb climbed the ladder and swoop. Yeah, I guess. I hadn't even thought about that. So, someone came up the ladder, took the kids, and then threw the ladder away. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. Okay. <laughs> So here's, they think that maybe they've been kidnapped. Here's a quick piece of something you don't know yet. George was a man with strong, loud opinions. Shocking. What? In 1945. (laughs) He did not like Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. Mm -hmm. He thought he was just, you know, a fascist dictator. And that was not a popular opinion. Because remember how he lives in like, Yes. What I'm calling little, uh-huh. little Italy, West Virginia. Right. A lot of Italian-Americans thought that Mussolini was great. And yeah. Had, and this was actually in the article. He had made Italy great again. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> he frequently <laughs> argued with others about this and had huh. received threats over it. Huh. Can you believe that someone was threatened over their political opinion? What? What? And- <laughs> Um, But that was the 40s. It wouldn't happen now. No, that's not Um, a thing anymore. (laughs) I can't imagine. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) the Sodders thought maybe the kids had been kidnapped by the mafia who didn't like Georgia's anti-Mussolini rants. Oh. I think it's interesting that we jumped right to the mafia. Yeah. But I'm not Italian. And maybe that's... Is that like a common... Like you automatically think of the mafia when you get, maybe, 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 especially in the forties. I mean, maybe, maybe. Okay. (laughs) We're not saying anything bad about the mafia. Don't come after us. I'm sure you're great. I don't know. Don't come after us. (laughs) Just (laughs) please, please. We're just a true crime podcast. (laughs) So anyway. Don't come. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all Mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now. With products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners, each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So, Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh, my we gosh. We got a so straightener exciting. and a blow dryer. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So, it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting-edge NCA anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against the ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the Air Hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally Using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Menopausal and paramenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit BuyWinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at BuyWinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B Y W I N O N A.com for 25% off. Winona. Menopause care made easy.
1: Whenever the remaining members of the Solder family kind of start talking about it, they sort of put together this list of weird events that had happened in the months leading up to the fire. First, there was a stranger who had come to the home a few months earlier back in the fall asking about hauling work. He'd gone to the back of the house, pointed to two separate fuse boxes and said, this is going to cause a fire someday. Hmm. Around the same time, another man showed up trying to sell the family life insurance. And when George didn't want to buy any, the man got real mad. And he was like, your house is going to go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. That's a weird thing to me. Part of me is like, that's so specific that this isn't true. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. It feels like a story someone added just to, you know, make it more dramatic. Yeah. But... It, it was talked about in a few exactly different articles. So, um, and he said, You're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you've been making about Mussolini. <gasps> what? And George didn't take the man's Oh, by the way, since you time. won't buy my insurance, yeah. this Mussolini Gonna thing is uh, going down. It feels too specific to be true. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't know. the older solder sons also recalled another weird story right before Christmas. They'd noticed a man parked along us highway 21 intently watching the younger kids as they came home from school. So the solders go to the police and they're like, you need to reopen your investigation. Yeah. Here's all the things. Yeah. And the police are like, there's no evidence of a crime here. We're not going to open it. Huh. I know it's a little irritating in 1947. <laughs> Two years after the fire, and the police have said we're not going to reopen the investigation, Georgia Denny sent a letter about the case to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, also known as the FBI, and they received a reply from J. Edgar Hoover himself. He said, although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this bureau. Hoover's agents said they would assist if they could get permission from the local authorities but the Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments declined the offer. Would it be the WVBI? West Virginia Bureau of Investigations? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It just said the... She said they... I mean, the letter came from J. Edgar Hoover. So yeah. They, she had to have written it to the federal. Yeah. Um, but they weren't willing to, like, transfer it the to the... The local police and fire departments did not want their help. They were like, no, it's okay, because there's no crime. We don't want any part of this. So Celine, Celine will come after us. Yeah, I, mean, I do wonder. Anyway. So no, I want to see if he had other things like that. They decided to hire a PI, which is mine and Kara's dream job. Yep. Not, not all that hard to do in Kentucky. Nope. Or to get certified in Kentucky. Uh, I think we both decided that's the next thing we're doing.
0: Right? Yeah. We're just adding that to our plate.
1: Anyway. So this PI turns up some interesting info. First off, the insurance salesman from the story that was like, your whole children are right. going Your to be destroyed. destroyed. Um, he was a member of the coroner's jury that had deemed the fire accidental, <sighs> which is at best a conflict of interest. Oh, secondly,
0: what's he doing as a side gig selling insurance?
1: I don't know. Look how many jobs we have. What <laughs> story you talking to? <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, also, that's like <laughs> it's just going to give him more business because oh he's true. on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in your time of need, should I can I offer you this? Can I offer you some life insurance? So the next thing, just get ready to be bummed out. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the fire chief FJ Morris, the one who couldn't drive the fire truck, he confessed to a minister that he had found a heart among the ashes of the house, and he secretly packed the heart into a box and buried it. It's <laughs> your face. I'm real glad we have the video right now because <laughs> your face. Huh? So the minister confirmed this story to George Sauter. So my first inclination is... He must not be Catholic because they're supposed
0: to keep that quiet. <laughs> well, I wonder about
1: that too. Like, isn't there some sort of... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're Italian, so they probably are Catholic. Yeah. Um, this, I'm like, that didn't happen. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever he heard. You read it? Why would a fire chief do this? What on earth would be the motivation... Why would that be the one thing left? A heart? He bones. Like a heart? He didn't find bones. He found a heart. How would he know what a I just was like, no. That's how I cope. I'm just like, that didn't happen. That, if you stumbled that sounds awful, if you that stumbled upon upon a pile of internal organs. <laughs> would you know? Like would you know boom, that's a heart. heart? Liver. Small intestine, large intestine, heart. <laughs> so you, what? Here's the thing though. When they confronted him about it, Morris admitted it was true. Oh. He took George to where he'd buried the box, and there was a box buried in the ground, so they dug it up. On his property? Oh, they didn't say where it was. Okay. It's buried. They dig it up. They open it. Nope. And there's <laughs> dust. I just wanted to see what would happen if I stopped there, what we would do. There's peen in it. <laughs> but seriously, like, imagine being George Sauter in this moment. Like, you think your kids all died in the fire from which you couldn't save them, and then maybe you learned there were no remains in the ashes, and now you've heard that the fire chief found remains apparently and buried them in this box. The two hours that he was there, and then they go open it. I mean, like, so he's just like do, 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 in the house. He bends down. Picks it up and is, like, looking around. I'm not going to tell anybody He's about this around, heart. Puts it in his bunker pants. Keeps going. Nobody, nobody needs to know. Nobody needs to know. Um, so, they opened the box and there was flesh inside. <laughs> I love you. But face. a heart's not going to have... I mean, it's... You look so mad about it. just This is flesh. Okay. Is a heart... A local funeral director stated that what was in the box was fresh beef liver... <laughs>
0: I'm going to go get some of this mingy jerky and put it in a
1: box. That had never been exposed to extreme heat. And this is where I was just like, what the hell is going on with this story? Like, what What do you mean? You know, I got these steaks and the fruits that are going to go bad. I might as well just toss it in this steam box. Also, that's... Oh God. Why?
0: What? Why would any of this happen?
1: Don't know. What the so, heck? Some people think that the reason that Morris might have done this is because... He wanted the Sodders to quit looking for their oh. kids. And so that's why he suddenly makes up this story of, oh, I, 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 I did find some remains. I, I forgot to tell you. I didn't tell you. I buried them in a box. Put them in my It was a heart. That's the thing. Like, it was a heart. Like, I feel like a heart would be at least like, and it's got valves on it. It just seems like you could find some bones of something somewhere and, and then be like, yeah. that's what I found. Here's this femur. If it's you something. were gonna fake this, but he's a fire chief who can't drop a fire truck, so <laughs> let's lower expectations just a to time. True. Okay. It's so they think maybe he knew what had really happened to the kids. Like he right. was trying to cover up the kidnapping. Right. He was part of But the mafia. Why? Yeah. I mean, who? Uh, we why have. Why would to... they want a fire chief that can't drive a fire truck though? <laughs> That's how he became the fire chief because he's in the mafia. He gets to do whatever he yeah. wants. Which is how it should be, Mafia. You're great. Yeah, you're amazing. We like you. But we don't, don't come after like us. <laughs> <laughs> now it's getting weird. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm, like, condoning the Mafia. Are we a part of the Mafia now? Could, <laughs> that's how that works. It could also be that he thought he was giving, like, providing closure to them, oh. you know? Um, so in a weird, completely messed up way. Beefsteak in your box. <laughs> like, let me help you. Fleshy beef. I did find a heart. but even all of that aside whether you're faking it or if it's real i don't know why would you bury it like that too that's such a weird way to handle he's not good at this is what i'm saying. no he's not good at anything apparently so i put in here i'm like the weirdest part of all this for me is that like you're walking around like you said you look down i'm like oh a heart let me squirrel this away for later like that's like that's the story we're supposed to believe like did you go to the local like iga and just we're like hey i just i need this I liver it. that looks like yeah. a hardish yeah i need an organ of some who's sort. gonna know yeah they're not gonna know. <laughs> gonna know nobody's gonna know nobody's gonna know okay so the solders never really let go of the idea that their kids had been kidnapped they put up billboards and advertisements and several articles mentioned that for decades as you were driving into fayetteville you passed this billboard that had all five of the kids pictures on it with their names and ages stenciled underneath. And like, they were like, you know, please let us know if you have any information. And there were people who came forward claiming to have seen the children. A woman claimed to have seen them peering from a passing car. The night the fire happened. Oh, a woman operating a tourist stop between Fayetteville and Charleston, which is about 50 miles West said that she saw the children the morning after the fire. She said that she served them breakfast And they were in a car. I mean, at least somebody's feeding them. (laughs) A woman at a Charleston hotel saw the children's photos in the newspaper and said she had seen four of the five a week after the fire. And they were accompanied by two men and two women, all of Italian extraction. Hmm. She said she didn't remember the exact date, though. But the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large room. With several beds, they showed up in the middle of the night, and when she tried to talk to the children, the men were, like, hostile and refused to allow her to. Oh. So, um, then they, like, all stopped talking to her, and they left early the next morning. Hmm. Sometime between 1947 and 1949, George saw a newspaper photo of school children in New York City, and he was convinced that one of them was his daughter, Betty. He drove to Manhattan, but... The girl in the picture, her parents re- refused to speak to him, which I don't know. Maybe you would. If yeah. some we- if this is some weird man. What's, no. Showing up at my doorstep. Talking about my daughter. Yeah. Um, in August of 1949, the Sodders decided to search the fire scene again. So this is four years after the fire. Okay. And remember, he had basically preserved the fire yeah, scene by it burying up. it. They brought in Washington, D.C. pathologist Ooh. Oscar B. Hunter. It's a great name. I love it. The excavation was thorough, uncovering several small objects, damaged coins, a partly burned dictionary, and several shards of vertebrae. Ooh. He sent the bones to the Smithsonian Institution, which issued the following report. I'm going to read this word for word. This is not my normal language, so I'll be ready. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's English, but <laughs> <laughs> barely. She starts speaking like <laughs> Lithuanian. Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> the human bones consist of <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a report. The human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been 16 or 17 years, and the top limit of the age should be about 22 because another part was not fused. Oh. So, remember the oldest of the kids that they're saying died in the fire was 14. Right. So, on this basis, the bones show greater skeletal maturation than one should expect for a 14-year-old boy. It is, however, possible, although not probable, for a boy 14 and a half years old to show 16 to 17-year maturation. Hmm. The vertebrae shows no evidence that they have been exposed to fire. And it is very strange that no other bones were found in the allegedly careful evacuation of the basement of the house. Noting that the house reportedly burned for only about half an hour or so, it said that one would expect to find the full skeletons of the five children rather than only four vertebrae. The bones, the report concluded, were most likely in the supply of dirt that George had used to cover up the scene. Oh. What are the freaking odds, though? (laughs) Like, So there's more bodies out there. (laughs) Just in the dirt? Okay. So, next time you go to your local garden center, check your dirt. <laughs> <It's> the vertebrae. <laughs> the Smithsonian report prompted two hearings at the Capitol in Charleston, after which Governor Okey L. Patterson oh. and State Police Superintendent W.E. Burchett told the Sodders, the search is hopeless, the case is closed. Because, again, they don't think any crime has happened. Right. I'm sure to them, they're like, you all just don't want to believe. Yeah, you, you all know? can't give it up. Meanwhile, people are still calling in sightings, um, perhaps motivated by the $10,000 reward that the Sodders were offering for information. Yeah. Um, Which is a lot of money. A lot of money, especially back then. Yeah. A letter arrived from a woman in St. Louis saying the oldest girl, Martha, was in a convent there. Another tip came from Texas, where a patron in a bar overheard a conversation about a long-ago Christmas Eve fire in West Virginia. Someone in Florida said that the children were staying with a relative of Jenny's, and George traveled... All over the country, investigating all these leads. Oh, my gosh. Never figured out anything. In 1967, 22 years after the fire, Jenny Sauter got an envelope in the mail addressed only to her. It was postmarked in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. but had no return address. And inside was a photo of a man in his mid-20s. On the back, there was a handwritten note that said, Louis Lewis? Solder, <laughs> nice. I love brother Frankie. I l i l so I little boys, a nine zero one three two or three five. I don't know what any of that part means. She and George could not deny the resemblance to their son, who was nine at the time of the fire. The man in the photo. Somebody is know nope. getting it out there. Un. Paul. For. We're in Nicholasville. The man <laughs> in the photo had dark curly hair and dark brown eyes, just like their son. And also had the same straight strong nose and the same upward tilt for the left eyebrow. So He had the people's bro. You can see this on our Instagram. I'll put it up there with the rest of the pictures. They have them side by side. And they do look a lot alike. So, once again, they hired a private detective and sent him to Kentucky. Oh. They never heard from him again. That PI just took their money and was like, Bye, Felicia. Deuces. So, that totally could have been a prank by some just monster of a person. Right. Um, the story was national news, so, you know, it's easy that it could have been a prank. Yeah. Or maybe it was from one, someone who truly did think that it was him, but, like, why would you not give any more information? Like, right. if you were trying to help. Yeah. Unless it's just you wanted them to know without knowing. Like, look, they didn't die in the fire. not Now yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. That kind of thing. The Sodders updated the billboard to include the updated image of Louis. Mm-hmm. And that photo was the last piece of evidence that the Sodders found in their search. Oh. George did an interview and said, Time is running out for us, but we only want to know. If they died in the fire, we just want to be convinced. Otherwise, we want to know what happened to them. Yeah. He died a year later. Aww. I know it's the saddest thing. Jenny died in 1989. So she lived oh. f- for what, 21 more years? Yeah. And after she died, the billboard finally came down. That part really got to me. I'm like, this happened in 1947. But there's still living siblings. And that billboard stayed up till 1989. Yeah. yeah. So the remaining Sauter children and grandchildren continued the investigation and came up with theories of their own. The local mafia had tried to recruit George and he declined, Ooh. they tried to extort money from him and he refused. Um, The children were kidnapped by someone they knew, someone who burst into the unlocked front door. But the thing is, she said she'd locked the door before she went to bed. Yeah. But told them about the fire and offered to take them someplace safe. They might not have survived the night. If they had, and if they lived for decades, like if that really was their son in that photograph, they failed to contact their parents only because they wanted to protect them. Because that's another thing. These kids were 5 to 14. It's not like you're kidnapping a baby who doesn't know they are kidnapped. Right. Right. So Sylvia Sauter, the youngest of the children, is still alive. Or at least she was as of 2019. And I couldn't find an obituary or anything that, you know, telling me otherwise. She'd be about 78 now. And she does not believe her siblings died in the fire. Hmm. When time permits, she visits crime sleuthing websites and engages with people still interested in her family's mystery. I'm certain we would love her. Yes. I will say, I do find it really odd that... In all the articles I read, no one mentions seeing the children right. trying to escape or hearing them calling well, I was for help. to say, they would be I mean it would have woken them up. Nobody's that sound of a sleeper when there's the house five is burning of them. So you would think long. one of the five of them. I, I mean unless they were drugged and something happened before the fire happened. Right. But and they're they're old enough that like they can move around independently, yeah. they can communicate like these aren't, like, young, young children. Yeah, and the older kids would have known what to do. Yeah. So, that's weird to me. But, if they were kidnapped, why? And and just the five of them? Why just the five of them? Yeah, it's not like anybody held them ransom. Right, because nobody ever asked for ransom. Mm-hmm. And so, what was the purpose? Like, if, if it was the mafia, and this was supposed to send some sort of message to George, they never clarified the message. Right. Like, George never knew. Right. So it wasn't very easy. You know, the mafia is supposed to be pretty good at this. Yeah. It's like, you think they would have made sure their message got across, but they didn't. But on the other hand, if they died in the fire, why didn't they find anything? Yeah. So it is very just like... Aside from a beefsteak in a box. (laughs) Which is the most ridiculous story (laughs) ever. So that's it. I mean, that's the story. That's all I got. Do you think... They were kidnapped, or do you think they died in the fire? No, I think they were kidnapped. They had to have been. There's no... Yeah. Like, if there was a dictionary still partially there, you would find pieces. You'd find teeth. You'd find bones. Yeah. But then, how do five people... Unless they were kidnapped and then murdered. Yeah, because if there were five people who were kidnapped and then like taken somewhere to live their life that they how ju- would you have kept I mean it does a secret? the mafia have an adoption agency or something like <laughs> that <laughs> I don't know and then you think with like especially these days with things like 23 and me or whatever yeah. they would be able to figure out like oh, oh yeah. these people are related I don't know ooh so that's that's the story of the, the Sodder, Sodder family. family yeah huh i want to go to the mystery let's old. go dig it up we'll go uh so one of the articles did say that the site was still there and they had turned it into like a memorial garden but i'm not sure how old that article was so maybe it's like a i wonder if it's still there yeah if you are familiar with the area or around the area i'd love to hear any, yeah we any know. information you have about it yeah which is magic murder mystery at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Instagram. Yes. Also which is magic murder mystery. And now you can find us on YouTube. And here we are, Hey, guys. <laughs> so Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I told you it was a heck of a story. The more yeah, I dug into it, the more I was like, what?
0: I had heard bits and pieces
1: about the situation, but I didn't know all of that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The the liver story is just like, what? So Okay, I'm gonna go find a firefighter friend now and be like, okay. Please do, yeah. Yeah, uh, James, let's hear yeah. everything James has. Yeah, to say Yeah, James, about. we need to know. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for always listening. Yeah. And come find us on all the places. All Tell all your friends places. about it. New places. All the new places. places. You can watch us. You know, all the parts that we've edited out of the podcast <laughs> that you don't get to hear, you get to see on here. And there all have been some glory. moments. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs>